You're listening to Bible Prophecy Daily, a weekday podcast where Bible prophecy matters and matters greatly. Hi, this is Mark E. Laughlin, and in today's podcast, I'm going to talk about what may be the most obvious prophecy describing and thus identifying the last days. The Apostle Paul's description of what people will be like in the last days, it's found in 2 Timothy chapter 3, and it's an amazingly detailed prediction that accurately describes the condition of the church and the culture of the world today. This is a great podcast for anyone who has any doubts about the validity of Bible prophecy uh, or whether we are not whether or not we are in the last days. But first, a little about me so you have some ideas of my approach to Bible prophecy. I got saved in Hollywood. I was an actor, and when I got saved, uh, I was blown away by uh, the Bible and by Scripture. I thought, this is the best script I could ever get my hands on. Why would I speak any other words? So the Lord convicted me uh, about knowing more Scripture, and I I dug in. I started memorizing different books of the Bible, and um, pretty soon I got convinced that I was supposed to actually speak these words and present them. So for the last 25 years, I've been sharing uh, dramatic presentations, one-man presentations of different books of the Bible, parts of uh, Acts, Genesis, Exodus, Ecclesiastes, John, Daniel, and Revelation. And um, I've been traveling the world. The Lord's uh, taken me across the country uh, and around the world. I get to about 40 or 50 churches a year. I do several conferences, chapel services, and God has continued to open doors and provide for me to go out and share his word. Um, And and it's been a marvelous journey, um, very, very much uh, one of spiritual growth and enlightenment and my view of scripture has changed dramatically since I memorized the first book uh, of the Bible, uh, which was Revelation. It took about two years to do that. But my my understanding of scripture has changed dramatically. My respect for God's word has grown immensely uh, through that memorization process. So that's kind of the camera angle I'm coming from. Um, theologically, I, I, I just uh, think the primary hermeneutic is allowing Scripture to interpret Scripture, uh, and I, I, I can't emphasize that enough. All of thy word is truth. That's what Jesus, that's what the, the Scriptures say. So we have to be Berean-like and make sure all of the Scriptures uh, are, are saying the same thing. And I don't believe there's any contradictions. I have an extremely high view of scripture and a high, uh, a lot of respect. I'm very familiar with the story, uh, of how we got the scriptures into our hands and the lengths that God has gone through and other people have given their lives to deliver God's word and keep it intact and authoritative and accurate throughout the centuries. It's an amazing story. So with that said, that gives you a little idea of where I'm coming from from. So I'm going to be comparing scripture with scripture, and I want you to test everything I say through the lens of scripture, because that's what we can trust the most. Even the things we don't understand, there's so many scriptures um, that we
we don't even know are actual prophecies. I think that's an amazing uh, a thought that we we are going to, when Jesus returns, all of the sudden we're going to see lots of scriptures, just like the the the. Uh, disciples on the road to Emmaus when the Lord stopped them and explained from from Genesis on, hey, here's all that was written about me. You know, think about how foolish they felt and how little they thought they, they how much they thought they knew before that conversation and how, how blown away they were by how much they had missed about his first coming. So I think it's going to be the same when he returns. Um, but this is what I want to focus on today. Uh, this description of uh, from the apostle paul of what people will be like in the last days i i just think it's amazing um I, I don't believe that there are scriptures that are a waste of time to study or that were were uh, scriptures that were just for the people of that day. See, God preserved his word for thousands of years for two reasons. First of all, scripture tells us in 2 Tim- Timothy that all scripture is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness, that the man of God or woman of God may be complete, equipped for every good work. And the book of Hebrews also reminds us that these things were written for our instruction. God has written them down and preserved them so that we can use them. They're going to be useful for us. So the main reason uh, can be found, I believe, that that uh, uh, the main reason uh, for all Scripture uh, to have a purpose is in the book of Revelation. In chapter 19, the angel has just shown the apostle John the event that every believer from every age has been longing to see the wedding supper of the lamb. He just shows it to him. So John is so overwhelmed. He's so grateful that he falls at the feet of the angel and he begins to worship him. But the angel tells him, you must not do that. I am a fellow servant with you and with your brothers who hold to the testimony of Jesus. Worship God. So he corrects his worship, directs it to God. And then he says, for the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. And that is the very reason why every piece, every verse of scripture is important because it reveals who Jesus is. And that's what God is doing through Jesus, revealing himself to man and to creation, who he is. And so we need every piece of scripture is important because it glorifies and it testifies to Jesus. So that is so key. It is all about Jesus. All scripture that the Holy Spirit guided men along to write that God has preserved for thousands of years reveals the testimony of Jesus. Pretty amazing stuff. Now, I call that a good script writing. Lots of foreshadowing where the audience gets clues of what is coming so that the ending is even more dramatic. So so let's read 2 Timothy 3 verses 1 through 9 because the context is is in the last days, the times just prior to Jesus' return. They give us a clear picture of what the church and the world will look like at this time. Now, as I read this list, ask yourself if any of these things are happening right now or could be happening soon. Here's for 2 Timothy chapter 3. But understand this, that in the last days, There will come times of difficulty, for people will be lovers of self, 
Lovers of money, proud, arrogant, abusive, disobedient to their parents, ungrateful, unholy, heartless, unappeasable, slanderous, without self-control, brutal, not loving good, treacherous, reckless, swollen with conceit, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God, having the appearance of godliness, but denying its power. Avoid such people. For among them are those who creep into households and capture weak women, burdened with sins and led astray by various passions, always learning and never able to arrive at a knowledge of the truth. Just as Janus and Jambres opposed Moses, so these men also opposed the truth, men corrupted in mind and disqualified regarding the faith. But they will not get very far, for their folly will be plain to all as was that of those two men. Hmm. Pretty interesting description, right? Now we're going to go back over these verses quickly to see if this description matches our current environment. But before I do, I want to direct you to a resource that can answer many of the questions you may have. It's a free ebook called 10 Signs That the Last Days Have Already Begun. You can get your free copy at lastdaysovercomer.org lastdaysovercomer.org, a free ebook. Uh, it's a great resource for understanding the context that the Lord has placed us in today. You're alive now. You're in the fourth quarter. There are a couple minutes left. You need to understand your context because that's going to determine the plays you're going to run and your success. And gaining a sense of urgency and purpose, we all need that. So please get the download at lastdaysovercomers.org lastdaysovercomer.org. Share the link with those around you. Now, let's look at that passage again. You know, I could do a few hours of Bible study on each one of these things on, on this list. It, it's, it's incredible. Okay, let's start. But understand this, that in the last days, there will come times of difficulty. Times of difficulty. Wow. Jesus said there will be great tribulation. It's going to be rough. Um, the roughest time the world has ever seen, the roughest time believers have ever seen. That's why we're told so much about it and told to prepare for it. There's no way we can over-prepare people for the difficulty of the days that are predicted to happen just prior to Jesus's return. And then he goes on to say in verse two, for people will be lovers of self, Yes, that's what we have. We have people taking selfies. We have people that are lovers of self. We have people that are lovers of money. Indeed, we have people that are proud and arrogant. People are famous because they're so proud and so arrogant. We have people that are abusive. Abuse runs rampantly in every segment of our culture. We have people that are disobedient to their parents, ungrateful, unholy. Yes, we are characterized by being ungrateful. We have an ungrateful generation of people, a heartless, unappeasable. The things that you read in the news that people do to each other is continually shocking. People who are slanderous, people say all kinds of false things things against others. They are without self-control. They're brutal. They're not loving good. They're treacherous. They are reckless. They are swollen with conceit. They're lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God. That's an avid, avid, perfect description, uh, accurate description of uh, 
our culture, particularly America, and really just the attitude of the world. And it says, having an appearance of godliness, but denying its power. Now, I always find this fascinating because he starts to really describe the state of what we would call the perceived church. The perceived church are, well, look at all those denominations, but there are people in those churches that aren't really believers or really part of the church, quote unquote. So he says there are going to be people that have an appearance of godliness, but deny its power. Uh, I think this is really evident uh, today because I believe there are so many churches that are compromising God's truth because they are denying the power of the Holy Spirit to change people, whether it's a LGBT uh, movement that is making grounds in the church and putting people in leadership who are involved in sexual sin because they deny the power uh, of, of God's Holy Spirit to transform and change us. So they, they, they want to lower the bar for what godliness is and change that definition so that it accepts certain sins. This is, uh, this is the church's, one of the church's main problems. It's, it's succumbing to the culture uh, and denying the power of God to transform and change us. And Timothy is warned to avoid such people. So we are, uh, we are warned to, by Paul to, hey, don't hang out with those guys. Uh, and, and that is sound advice. And we see, um, I know just recently the United Methodist Church had a huge amount of churches uh, leave because they decided they were going to uh, uh, violate obvious Christian principles in Scripture. And so churches had to make a decision. They're either going to go with the de- denominations version of godliness and leadership requirements that were new or uh, stick with what the Lord says in the scripture. And um, praise God, many of them have done that. So I know that's happening. That's a great example of it happening right here. Um, So for among them, he goes on to say in verse six, for among these people who have the appearance of godliness, but deny its power. Here's what he says about them. For among them are those who creep into households and capture weak women, burdened with sins and led astray by various passions, always learning and never able to arrive at a knowledge of the truth. Isn't inter- doesn't this sound like some of the prosperity teachers? They're on TV. They're creeping into households and they're capturing weak women that are burdened with sins and led astray by various passions. That's really their main audience uh, that believes their message. That It's interesting. I found how, how interesting it is that they are able to, that Paul in his instructions to Timothy is able to so accurately describe the end times and the times we're in. So very sobering stuff. Now, here's what it says about them, those teachers. It says, just as Janus and Jambres opposed Moses, so these men also oppose the truth. They are men corrupted in mind and disqualified regarding the truth. These are the false teachers of our day. The false prophets, remember, false prophets always have a positive message. Always. And true prophets most oftentimes have 
some bad news. They always carry the good news that God is patient and he's able and he's willing and he's longing to save you and he wants you to repent. But they often carry a rebuke. They often call for repentance. They also, they often are the Jonas that say, if you don't repent, you're going to be destroyed in a few days. So uh, that that is sobering uh, because it says their folly will be made plain to all, as was that of those two men. So just as everybody saw that Jonathan Jambres were magicians for Pharaoh, and they were not of God, and they were opposing the truth, true believers and everyone else is going to look at these men and go, wow, they're not really believers. And that's that's Paul's promise to us as we worry about people getting trapped in their schemes. Now, this passage in 2 Timothy chapter 3, it's just one picture of the many predictions that the Bible has about the last days. These predictions were written down for our instruction so that we can be encouraged and endure as we see these things unfold. I'm Mark Helofen, and you've been listening to the Bible Prophecy Daily Podcast. Now, for more information about my ministry, visit actsoftheword.com. Take a look at my schedule. I travel the country presenting Revelation, John's Gospel, Daniel, and more. Perhaps I can visit your church and present God's Word to inspire you to hold fast to His Word as you continue to long for his appearing. Until next time, may the Lord bless and keep you. Shalom. Thanks for listening to Bible Prophecy Daily. We hope you learned something valuable today. Be sure to subscribe wherever you heard this podcast so you never miss an episode. 